We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 41 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside the fan favorite. You know him, you love him. He's back for another week, somewhere between iconic and psychotic. Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? I'm starting to believe my own hype. I, I love that intro. It definitely tickles my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My ego. It's a, it's a, it's a good ego-tickling intro. Thank you very much. Other than that, I am as sweaty as a Royal Marine on a spelling test. And it's it's hot. It's it's Putin's fault. All this global warming stuff. It actually is. Well, it's not not technically, it, it, but yeah, not technically, but yeah. We as we were discussing in in prep. Yeah, it's a glorious day today. Absolutely beautiful, sunny day, but very sticky for some reason. It's because well, it's September. It's supposed to be the start of autumn. It's definitely the end of summer. You may hear periodically acorns falling from the oak trees above my outdoor space here and hitting the roof. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are some of the squirrels are picking them up and throwing them. It, they, they sound like little bullets going off uh, above me. Anyway, how are you? I'm fine. I've well, I'm a little tired. Uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, but I explained to you why that is because yeah. I'm having some work done here, and I had I had probably a, a, a one of the most stressful days I've had in quite some time today. Uh, I had some extracurricular issues uh, with uh, some of my services that were completely out of my control. And so, and I was telling you about them earlier this afternoon. And so, I, I was really, I was stressed out. Uh, I lost access to lost access to my U.S. phone line for a few hours today. That was stressful. I actually had to phone the U.K. from a regular phone line today. God help me. No disrespect. Yeah, that was that was quite stressful because I had to deal with another line of communication, which we were discussing earlier. But the good news is there is there is a silver lining to this. The good news is is that we are now going to start offering a different kind of service to our listeners, aren't we? We are. We are. I'm very excited about it. I don't normally do excitement because that way you're never disappointed. So, you know, it is good news. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be lots of fun. And I'm looking forward to that greater level of interaction that it will bring. 
as am I. Uh, and for those that are wondering what that is, we've been kind of working on this behind the scenes. Uh, and it's it's been a long time in the making. This is something that we wanted to do around two, almost three years ago now. We wanted to do this. We were ready to move on it. And then all of a sudden, COVID happened. And when COVID happened, what happened right after that? Everybody started to get banned, didn't they? Anybody that had any kind of opposing point of view, you were kicked off of this platform, you were kicked off of that platform, you were kicked out of this service or that service. And so as we were getting ready for our feet to hit the ground and start running, that happened. Yeah. The doors got closed. And so we've been kind of sitting here waiting and we, we didn't stop. You know, we, we didn't stop. We uh, we kept going, but it hasn't uh, it hasn't exactly been easy. And what I mean by that is, is obviously we knew that we were going to take a hit in the start by not doing social media. We knew where social media was going to go. We knew what was going to happen there. So we stayed away from it. We didn't want to invest all that time and all that money and everything else into advertising on social media when we knew that we were just going to get thrown off. So we didn't even bother with it. And no one could understand why. It's crazy because now people still don't even understand why. One of our episodes got posted, just to give you an idea, one of our episodes got posted to YouTube one afternoon, right? Just audio. That was all it was, no video. Within an hour, that channel took a one-week ban within an hour of that episode airing on YouTube because of medical misinformation. Marty, you've been here this entire time since the start of all this. Have we ever put out medical misinformation? No. As it happens, we have never put out medical misinformation. What we've done is discuss the information we were being force-fed by a corrupt and divisive mainstream media. We've discussed those points. And we've given our own opinion on some of the things that were being put in front of us as fact and pretty much decided that they probably weren't fact. So, no, we've never given any medical misinformation. What we've done is discuss the information we were being force fed. That's a fair assessment. And that's all we've ever done is we've critiqued things that we've been told that we knew were inaccurate, we'll just say. And so therefore, they consider that to be medical misinformation. Well, they weren't the only ones, YouTube, they, they weren't the only ones saying that you couldn't operate on their platforms. You also couldn't use any payment services. PayPal kicked off, I don't know how many people, uh, Melissa from Cutting Through the Matrix, she was actually one of the first to go. They got rid of her, I think, uh, three and a half years ago. She was one of the first. And so she had to do something and, and change uh, everything that, uh, that they were doing over there. That was a telltale sign of things to come. And then Patreon, that was out. You couldn't go there. These are the two biggest platforms. These are the two things that, that everybody knows. And so we've had to kind of just wait it out and ride out the storm, hoping that something else would pop up. Well, something did. As of today, uh, and we've been kind of putting it up there ever so subtly, but as of today, officially, we have been approved to operate on Subscribestar. So as of today, you as the listener can support the work that we do, and we truly hope that you do. We're going to be offering two subscriptions to start with, two different tier subscriptions, uh, and I will explain those. Uh, and we're looking at offering a third one, but we'll get to that in just a second. So the first tier subscription that will be available will be $5 pounds or euros, whatever your currency is. And that is just our basic level of support. So you like what you're hearing, you like the work that we do, you want to kick us a $5 a month subscription, we would really appreciate that very much. That would help us in ways that you don't even understand. Um, our $10 a month subscription or 10 euros or 10 pounds, whatever, whatever your currency is, this will give you special access 
So you'll have access to something that we have never really put out to the public, um, and it still will not be available to the public. It will only be available to our $10 a month subscribers, and that is access to our prep sessions behind the scenes. We actually just had one for about, what, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. Uh, yeah. It was sometimes I, these I, things will go almost an hour and it'll be a heated conversation and we'll get started and we'll be like, OK, so we just did a podcast. Now, what do we do? Yeah. Uh, and during that, because I knew this was happening, I was half thinking that you were already recording. So I, I refrained from the normal number of expletives that I, I normally bring forth. Of course, those will still be bleeped out in. No, they in, won't. In what they won't. They won't. No, oh, that's fantastic. That will be that will be a that will be a completely uncensored, uncut version that, oh, wow. that that the subscribers will get. Yes. See, even I'd pay good money for that. Yeah, I'm I'm a terrible salesman. I don't, I don't like I don't like selling anything. But if we're gonna make the best of what we do, we do need to do this, and your support would be very gratefully received. And that third tier that we haven't quite decided on yet may even be um, a discussion for all of us to have, including the the tier two um, subscribers about how it should go. Tier three, sorry, yes. So, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. But like I said, I'm a bad salesman, so I'm going to stop my part of the sales pitch now. Well, a lot of these things, and just just so the, uh, the the listener and potential subscriber, just so you're aware of what all this is going to go to, this is not exactly the cheapest operation in the world to do. We have software we have to pay for. We have licenses we have to pay for. We have hosting services that we have to pay for. We have equipment that we have to pay for. And we have other projects that we want to get off the ground. We would like to do some social media. Bruce and I have been talking about social media for a long time. And now that Musk has acquired Twitter, we're thinking about going over there. But again, that's time. That is that is a time-consuming thing to do all of that. And so that's going to have to be taken into consideration. The amount of, and I was explaining to you, and I've explained to all of you guys before, the amount of editing, the amount of time-consuming that goes in, and I've explained this to, to the listeners many times before as well, the amount of time-consuming that this takes up. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm all for it, right? I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, I'm 125% in, I'm 150% in, 200%, whatever percentage you want to put on it that's past 100, I'm in it. But it takes time. For you, the listener, to get a 45-minute to an hour episode, that's five to six hours worth of actual work. That is not including the research that we do prior to. That's not including the uh, the research materials we have to buy, books or information that leads into something. I mean, it's the, these types of things, they cost money. Everything costs money these days, and it's unfortunate, but that's what it is. And for those of you that would like to support us, we would greatly appreciate it. I mean, look at it like this. What do we pay for Netflix a month? We pay 15, or what is it? Is it, is it 15 pounds? Is it 20 pounds a month now for that? It's it's getting close to that. I mean, there's deals, aren't there? Yeah. Um, but I, I think a full subscription is close to £20 a month. This is also a chance, again, as Marty said, for you, the listener, to get involved if you so choose. And again, we're looking at, at a possible... Um, conference style thing once a month kind of thing where you can you can take part in it and we can all get together and we can all voice our opinions and we can put forth problems and solutions on a non-recording so you know it wouldn't be a, a recorded thing nothing like that it wouldn't be like a podcast or something but uh, it's just again it's one of the ideas we're considering but anyway I, I'm excited about this I'm really looking forward to this and I'm I'm thankful for our provider that has uh, given us an opportunity here. Uh, to take part in helping us grow 
and helping us improve ourselves and also getting the listeners and everyone that's that's contributed to us over the years to get everybody involved. And so I'm, I'm really happy about that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited and I, I'm ready to just I'm ready to move forward. With that being said, on to the events of the day. You would like to lead with I don't know why I, I couldn't I could not wrap my head around why you thought of this, but you would like to lead with one of the most useless taxes in our existence, and that's the value added tax. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I want to lead with it because value-added tax in the UK, actually, its first appearance was in the 1940s, and it was called a purchase tax. I mean, you have sales taxes in the US, do you not? Um, And it was introduced in the 1940s to stop people being wasteful. And so the more luxurious an item was, the higher the tax levy on it was. So it could be up to 33%, this luxury tax or purchase tax. But in 1973, so that the UK could be enslaved by the European Union or the common market as it was then, it was changed to a thing called value added tax, VAT. Originally, I think about 15 to 17%, and it now stands at 20%. And it was supposed to be still on luxury items, items that you didn't need for everyday living. I went to three hardware stores today. The first one didn't have what I needed, but I saw a really nice pair of engineers work gloves um, with nice gripping palms and fingers and a decent cloth backing. They were £8 in a normal hardware store. But because I couldn't get what I wanted, I then went to another hardware store where I still didn't find exactly what I wanted and bought something else, paid VAT again on that item. And then I went to the third place. We got two quite good outlets in the UK, one called Tool Station and the other one called Screw Fix. So I'll just call this outlet Screw Station so that we don't know who exactly who we're talking about. So I was in Screw Station, and I've got a pair of shorts on at the moment that I got from the middle at Lidl. Uh, I know you you have the same thing there in, in Germany, and I'm sure stores in the States must have the same, where you've got a supermarket that sells food, but in the middle aisles, you can buy uh, a wetsuit, uh, a saxophone, a surfboard, all kinds of weird and wonderful things that the company like Lidl or Aldi have got cheap, probably from China, and want to push out as, as quickly as they can. So I'm wearing this pair of shorts, which are heavily pocketed. They're a khaki sort of cargo pant type pair of shorts, and I'm wearing a a fishing shirt. So to all intents and purposes, uh, along with my great big boots on, I look like a tradesman. Now, I hadn't been to Screw Station that often. And I went in through the door and I found the same pair of gloves that I'd bought earlier on. But instead of being £8, they were £2 or just over £2. And the electrical fittings and connectors and fixings that I bought were all very reasonably priced. But then when the young lady said to me, what's your address and your postcode? I said, why do you need to know that? And she said, oh, are you not a tradesman? Uh, Have you not got a trade account? Because they were then going to add the VAT VAT, on top. 
But these are essential items. These are not luxuries. It's not a luxury to repair your electrical outlet socket. Well, it might be, it, but I'll it, get to that in a minute. It's not a luxury to have a pair of personal protective equipment gloves to wear while you're doing hazardous tasks. It's not a luxury to be able to properly affix things in and around your domicile, shall we say. So why the flying f*** am I paying a value-added tax on these items? In 2023, something that was introduced in initially 1940 to stop people squandering money during war was tweaked by the European Union, EEC, as it was then in 1973 on luxury items. And we're still paying it today, 50 years later. And that includes feminine hygiene products like tampons. Sanitary towels have got VAT on them. This should have been a big indicator that our governments for a very long time do not give a fat rat's ass about people. They are still putting taxes on things that are essential. And this is where it's wrong. So that that's why I wanted to talk about VAT today. You know, some people would argue that VAT is essential uh, on certain things. I don't like VAT taxes. I didn't even know what VAT taxes were until I landed on this side of the pond. The Americans don't have VAT taxes. Uh, and God help you if you ever get one over there. Uh, I'll just tell you that because it is a progressive tax on every leg of the journey that that product takes from factory yeah to the time that you purchase it. And they'll say, oh, well, we don't need the sales tax anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. The sales tax is already worked into the price of that product. So you're going to get that tax plus another one. It started here, at least as far as I'm aware, it started here as, I want to say it was 9% is where it started at. And it's up to, I don't know if they've taken it back to 21, but it was 21 for quite some time. Uh, but they did drop it during COVID because of uh, um, they wanted to give the consumer some relief. They dropped it a whole, I think, two or three percent temporarily, of course. But I don't see a point in in VAT taxes. I think it's just, quite frankly, I mean, I'm an I'm an American when it comes to taxes. I think taxes are theft. I understand that we need taxes on certain things. I'm okay with it to a point, but I believe that the people, as in the, the voting populace, the people have to have more say in how their tax money is being used. We're not doing that at all. We have no oversight in any of our respective countries. I don't care which one you come from in the West or if you're from down under. We don't have any oversight on where our tax money goes. And that in and of itself, regardless if we have a VAT tax, is wrong. Yeah, I mean, if you're at the top of the food chain, if you are the supplier or the manufacturer, you can afford to pay someone to make sure any VAT that you are charged in the process of manufacturing is reclaimed and you're allowed to. If you're a wholesaler and you're selling it on retail, you are allowed to reclaim that. If you're a tradesman using the materials, all the goods, in order to provide a service to an end user, you can claim it back. And the higher your turnover, the more it becomes viable to employ a qualified tax accountant to make sure you are not paying any more than you absolutely have to and that your VAT gets gets refunded back to you. But 
when you're a end user, you're employed, you're not an employer, you know, you can't afford it. We in the UK are taxed at source and it's pay as you earn. So every month you are given whatever the government decides you're allowed to keep out of your earnings. It's not a case of yearly submitting a tax return, claiming this back, claiming that back. It's every month or every week, the tax is taken at source. And this is another tax and it's 20%. It's 20% of what you spend. It is disgusting and it's time it was ended because people who are employed cannot afford to take advantage or are just unable to take advantage of the reclaim system. And and for there to be a 20% tax on items that are essential to everyday healthy living is disgusting. So that's what I wanted to say about it. Uh, and, and we can move on to your other stuff, but I do appreciate the chance for a little rant. Absolutely. I told you from the start that it, this was going to be cathartic. So, you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. We were actually looking uh, prior to COVID, we were actually looking at doing a segment called Marty's Leather Couch, which would allow yeah. you to, uh, <laughs> well, you know what, maybe that'll be something that we could explore with what we're doing uh, in, in the future. Maybe that'll be something that we can, uh, we can look into. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I, yeah. I used to I say did. as people came into the office, come in, sit down, take your clothes off. I was only joking. I didn't want them to sit down. Get, um, you'd be fired now in, in the uh, workplace. Yeah, you would. Uh, I've got to do a course soon. I told you about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just me, but I have to do uh, a course about respect at work. I can't wait. I've been trying to get on it for days, but it's been oversubscribed. I'm really looking forward to that. You know, and th I'm sorry for this. I, I, I am sorry for the uh, the late plug, but you know how I mentioned the subscription service that we're going to start offering as of today? I forgot to tell people how they could take advantage of that. The link will be in the program description down below. So wherever you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, if you look at the program description, there will be a link there. All you have to do is click that link and it will take you directly to the site where you can donate to us or where you can subscribe to us. Easy way for everybody to to know. You don't have to send out any kind of special apps or anything like that and it's all it's all right there it just pops up in your little web browser on your phone and just in case any of you are thinking it this is nothing like only fans okay so there won't be a favorable they, response they, to they don't any allow strange they don't allow requests that. they don't no they don't allow They're, any of that content there uh, well that's that's good i'm i'm very happy that 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 is not the case I was one of those people that I I read through all of the terms of service, and that was one of the uh, the things there you couldn't produce like any you of that. You might be that one of, of only two or three people on the entire face of the earth. Well, who's for ever legal, read all the yes. TNCs for legal reasons, we have to. So whenever mm -hmm. something happens, we have to be able to source it and point it out and and argue our point because with everything that we do, sometimes we can be caught up in something or you know something is is not done correctly so we have to be able to at a moment's notice appeal that decision and we have to be able to reference their tos and defend our point so that's just something that we have to do so we have to we have to read the tos we've done so much of that reading our eyes have bled from that stuff so i i really would have balked at doing that for me personally but i'm so glad we've got you and bruce so moving on to our next topic here, I thought this one was, um, oh, goodness, I don't even know what to say to this. Uh, I thought that this was some kind of a joke when I first saw this, but we've talked about climate change time and again, and it's a, it's a hot topic of, 
of today's political world and and talking points that are handed down from upon high to the little people in the public, such as ourselves. And I brought this up to you last week, and I I just mentioned it right when we finished, but there's not a time limit on it. And since we haven't talked about it, and more has come out about it, I thought now would be a great time to discuss this. They're actually telling people in the UK, do not heat your homes in the evening this coming winter. They're telling people to turn off your radiators at peak times. This is the article out of the Telegraph, as you can see right here. It's it's there. Yeah. Now, I have got before you before you jump in there, I want to give you all the uh, the good and plenty of what's going on here. So. Uh, this is the actual, I, I actually got the, the transcripts from the bill that's in the Houses of Parliament. Okay, now, what this is, okay, this is the, this is the new um, uh, energy bill that they're putting forth, right, for um, net zero or whatever this is. First, before I do this, okay, so the introduction, uh, the energy bill uh, was debated, actually, it's already been debated in uh, the Houses of Parliament, but it's not... It's not actually passed yet. It's just, they're just do, doing the uh, the readings, right? Because you have to go through the, the process of all the, the different readings. So the people that are leading this, pointing out some of these uh, these clauses in there, are conservative MPs led by Craig McKinley and Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg, who opposed this, which you've talked about um, Rees-Mogg before. Yeah. Now, the interesting he, thing... Yeah, go on. Mm, no, I mean, he's, he's a, a very devout, Catholic, incredibly rich public school boy university educated and incredibly posh he's an mp for a somerset constituency i believe and most people think he was a straight talker the kind that we want in government however his religious beliefs have got in the way of a few things his adherence to boris johnson certainly put me off him and rather than stand for the leadership himself, he chose or was bribed, uh, I suspect, to stand aside so that Johnson could be the next PM. Because, And maybe it was uh, Mogg's choice as well, because I think he would have known that Boris was being set up as a fall guy, the guy to uh, be thrown out of office because of the way in which he let things happen within Downing Street during supposed shutdowns and all those other 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 kind of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, Boris Johnson is a liar. We knew that to begin with. Rhys Mogg, I think, is a bit more of a straight talker. But at the same time, some of his recent decisions have led me to believe he is as much a part of the problem as anyone else. So wow. if they're arguing about this energy bill and he's opposing it, this energy bill will eventually get through because it's going to gain enough momentum. If Mog opposes it, the loony left will say it's a good thing. So let's see why they are so upset about it, shall we? Part 10 of the bill. Right Now, again, don't heat your homes during the, uh, the winter months coming up, during peak times. Turn your heating off. Part 10 of the bill, paragraphs 245, give powers to the Secretary of State to make regulations, quote, enabling or requiring energy usage or energy efficiency of premises to be assessed, certified, or publicized, enabling or requiring improvements to energy usage or energy efficiency to be identified and recommended, and restricting or prohibiting the marketing and disposal, including leasing or letting, of premises." on the basis of whether their energy usage or efficiency has been assessed, 
certified or publicized. The proposals then go on to give the power to the Secretary of State to consider functions and impose requirements on any person. Paragraph 248 then goes on to describe the sanctions available for non-compliance with the regulations. Pay very close attention to this next line. This is in the bill. These include fines of up to 15,000 pounds and imprisonment for up to 12 months. This is um, this is a, an attack on people who own second homes, homes to rent. So many people got into the market and started to put their, what's the word I'm looking for? Second word is income. Disposable you know, income. Disposable income. Sorry, my age. I'm getting yeah, yeah. nearly as bad as Biden. And I, I'm going on uh, no sleep. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. What you, I had to think for a second. So people start to put their disposable income into property and flip property. So they'd go to an auction, they'd buy a rundown house, they would furnish it and flip it around, then rent it out because they knew that the only real value, the only real currency is property, is the ownership of that property. So that's what they've done. Now, there are also disreputable landlords, people who will it's not MMO. That's multiple methods of what is it? It's the multiple occupancy yeah. uh, places yeah. that are rented out to 10, 12 individuals that are living in the space that should be right for a family of four. And these places are not up to current standards for occupation and are energy inefficient. That's for certain. So, on the face of it, this looks like a bill put forward by people who care about tenants but it's not it's it's a way of forcing people to sell their properties to big corporations that can afford to do these renovations or will be reimbursed or uh, subsidized in some way to make these changes to make these properties energy efficient inverted commas Energy efficient. What else plays into energy efficiency? Well, let's talk about appliances. What do they say about appliances? Part 9, Chapter 2 of this bill deals with energy smart appliances and load control. Paragraph 235 defines energy smart appliances to include refrigerators, dishwashers, washers, as in like clothes washers, heaters, and presumably heat pumps or immersion heaters, air conditioners, and electric vehicle charge points. You know those things they tell you that you need to have those things, yeah. yeah, they're gonna they're gonna now regulate those. Effectively, this is most of the high consumption devices in pretty much any home, other than say like a stove, you know, or a cooker, as you call it. The same paragraph stipulates that the smart function is capable of operating in response to load control signals from any person carrying out load control. In other words, the control of domestic appliances will be handed to anyone the government sees fit to carry out load control. Yes, they can control all of those devices that they tell you. You that you need for your convenience. Centralized control of domestic appliances. Is that a good idea? Does the government need to control your domestic appliances? Well, we've got a system here called Hive, which can, you know, it was sold on the idea that uh, you can f turn your kettle on so that the water's boiled, ready for you to have a drink from your vehicle. So you could tell your mobile device, your, your mobile phone to switch the kettle on and everything is monitored, your complete consumption is monitored, and so many more places are having these kind of systems installed, and it's being sold as a way of saving money uh, and the convenience. 
But no, uh, it, it's that's not what's going to happen. They will have the ability to switch your your appliances, your heating, your lighting off if you are over-consuming, in their opinion. And I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do that by the kilowatt hour, not by the price for kilowatt hour, because that has just gone up and up and up. No, uh, you know, the Telegraph is right to to point this out, but this bill will go through its its process. To be Sorry, fair, to be fair, the Telegraph is explaining how you have groups that are advocating in support of this. This that I'm reading is from someone who was critiquing it that is not from the Telegraph. This is an independent oh, I beg your pardon. report yeah, yeah, from yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the Telegraph has always been... I think it's really been the the teachers and education establishments kind of newspaper is left leaning or is that a different one? Is it the Guardian? Is it the Guardian? The Guardian's very left leaning, and they get yeah, yeah. Uh, Ned talked oh, about it last week. I, I, I misspoke. Telegraph has always been fairly right leaning, but if they're explaining why this is being supported, then whose side are they on anymore? It's it's all so confusing. Yeah, it is. Again, so they're, they're going to control whether you can heat or cool your home. They're going to control what you have as far as your appliances go. How are they going to enforce that? Well, they're going to send a clipboard thumping bureaucrat around to pay you a visit. Paragraph 152 of the bill gives powers to enter the premises taking part in the hydrogen grid conversion trial to enter the premises to inspect anything on the premises or carry out tests on anything they choose. Oh, by the way, that's it, without it might, a warrant. It might give them the power to try, but unless they are built like Arnold Schwarzenegger at his peak, they are not getting in through my front door. And common law overrides you know, your common law rights to protect your, your property and, and your, um, your home overrides this bill. And yeah, you, you are going to wind up with people getting arrested. And then the, you know, the totalitarian enforcers, the people who we should be respecting and, and, and trusting the police will come and do the government's dirty work for them. It's for the earth, Marty. It's, it's for the earth. You're saving the earth. It's for climate yeah, change. No. Is anyone in Beijing? Yeah, probably actually they are doing it in Beijing. But in outlying farmland and and small towns in in China or Russia or um, India, for that matter, is anyone doing that there? Is anyone going to come no. and and tell a small family in Mysore that they can't have their air conditioning, uh, even though you know it costs them a fortune to run it, but it's it's hot and sweaty and it's the only comfort they they've got. No, no one's going to come and tell them how to do that. But here in the UK, they sound like they're going to try to do it to us. So here we go again, people. Get ready. It's it's just the same as wearing a mask, getting a booster, staying two meters from everybody, uh, only having six people around your house. They're now telling you what you can and can't spend your money on in terms of electricity. You had to bring up COVID, didn't you? You had to. You you well, couldn't you couldn't stay away I from it. I don't say you can't. It's like it's like um it's like what's his face? John Cleese in a TV sitcom called uh, Faulty Towers when the when the Germans come. He's he's briefed the staff not to mention the war. And then he mentions the war and he says, Oh I only mentioned it once and I think I got away with it. But you cannot 
you cannot mention or you can't talk about anything these days, governmental, political, without mentioning the biggest crime committed against humanity in the history of man. That's true. And here to tell us about what we all need to be concerned about, apart from everything that we just mentioned about your energy consumption, is Holly Willoughby from... Uh, what is what does she do? What's what's this morning show that she used to do with Schofield? Uh, it's what called it? This Morning. It's this Morning. This Morning. Yeah, this morning. It's the ITV uh, mid-morning dross daytime TV, only ever watched by demented old age pensioners, drug users, and people who are off sick. Well, that would explain the uh, the talking point that she and her colleagues here are about to bring up. Let's hear it. Health officials across the globe are keeping a watchful eye on the new strain of coronavirus. Uh, the variant unofficially named Pirola. You see, Marty, if you're not feeling well, then you need to do everything that the good doctor here is is telling you to do with the new um, is Pirola. Pirola, that's the new the new variant that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The best thing to do is to get everybody vaccinated before this wave hits everybody and really takes hold. So you you want to just you want to get ahead of that. I'd love to be able to just look into how much she's getting paid, how much she actually believes in this bullshit message that she's promoting. No, I'm sorry. She's better looking than Hillary Jones, that's for certain. Without a doubt, yeah. I think all of them were, to be fair. But they are just shillery clones at the end of the day. They're, they're serving the same purpose. I'm actually curious. Uh, he does the the morning uh, news show or something over there, doesn't he? On is it on yeah. ITV? So they'll be if they're talking about it there, they're going to be rolling him out at any point in time. Oh, now. Yeah, absolutely. He'll, he'll he'll be out and spilling the same old shizzle. But I think he did suffer quite a bit of uh, of bad press and just a little bit, yeah, just just a tad, fully deservedly. But I don't know if if he's got the the minerals, the cojones, the guts to continue with it this whole next few years we'll see people come and go uh and the ones that go are the ones that have served their purpose we've said this all along they'll either get completely burnt by the media by the mainstream media or they'll be allowed to drift off into the ether and never be heard of again and just enjoy the vast amount of wealth they've made out of being part of this pandemic. You know, Marty, when you talk about somebody being burnt, obviously when somebody gets burnt, they're going to emit some kind of a, just an unpleasant odor, right? I mean, you, you ever you ever smelled that, you know, whenever somebody- Oh, i smelled you, that, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those smells you just, you never forget. You know, it's just, it's terrible. But what if it wasn't that? Uh, you, you did mention the Guardian newspaper earlier. They put out a headline over the last week that says, do you hate body odor? You're more likely to have right-wing views. I didn't realize that um, uh, Sense had a- um, uh, you know, an, an aggressive scent, for example. One thing to note there, please don't go into that space with anything that's like an aggressive scent, for instance, because that's going to be difficult. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for people. So I, I didn't realize that if you were, uh, if, if your nose was offended, that you held right wing views. Should we just cut the crap here, right? Um, <laughs> sure. Why do we find body odor offensive? 
do people under I mean, not everyone's had the benefit of watching as many documentaries on biology and the like as I've had. Uh, I quite enjoy a, a good sort of uh, scientific, proper, factual TV program. And our sensory systems, starting with the olfactory system, the nose, which is linked directly by passages and by neurons to the brain. So it's linked to the back of the throat, the esophagus, and then onwards down into the stomach, into the ilium, through the ilium, into the colon, and, and out the anus, yeah, out the rectum. So the nose is directly linked. Thank you for that and graphic throughout, description. Throughout Thank those two systems, there is distributed intelligent cells, cells that are constantly sensing your environment, your food and, and drink and telling you whether or not it's good or bad. Now, the, the, the actual smell from a person's body odor comes from the rapid production of bacteria in the perfect situation of an armpit or a groin. And yes, those bacterias can be harmful and your nose and brain are telling you that if someone stinks and needs a good wash, they are possibly unhealthy to you and your pack, your troop, your tribe. And so if that makes you right wing by having a working nose and brain, f*** me, I must be Mussolini. I suppose that's a right wing view. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, th like we're, we're actually taxpayer money. You talked about VAT. You led with VAT taxes tonight. Tax money is being used to fund this garbage that they're that they're actually producing. It's un it's unbelievable. Well, that, see, that's a clickbait headline. And I, I, I just don't, I just don't really believe anyone was supposed to take it seriously. If the jobbing journalist that penned it thinks they've done a good job, um, they need to be re-educated, repurposed, and possibly recycled as some kind of stake. Well, uh, I think uh, what's his name, uh, Mr. Wallace. He he did a special on that on Channel Four about the uh, the company Good Harvest, where they do the human meat. Yeah, just a thing. Yeah, that's going um, around. Uh, you know. Whoever thought that was a good idea to print that bollocks certainly deserves to be stripped down to their component cells and turned into some form of barbecue. Yeah, something. Um, okay, so here's, I'll, I'll give you a choice. I've got the following. Okay, so we can talk about the, uh, I don't know if we, I don't, maybe you can remind me. I don't know if we talked about this last week. We can talk about the the amount of uh, ULEZ cameras. You, you talked about ULEZ last week. All the red on there are cameras that have been destroyed over the last uh, week or so. Uh, so we can talk. Yeah, we can talk about that. Or we've got uh, over 100 schools in uh, in England are feared to be uh, closed for good. I know you well, talked about the education system before. That, we talked about I the talk bankrupt accounts. I want to talk okay. about that. I had the misfortune to watch Prime Minister's Question Time uh, yesterday, and this was the topic of debate. They say debate, but uh, a debate normally puts forward opposing opinions, followed by a vote which will give you a decision on what the right course of action is. That doesn't happen in the Houses of Parliament. It doesn't happen in your Senate, your um, House of Representatives. It doesn't happen in the EU Parliament. It doesn't happen in any of the devolved parliaments that we have around the UK. What happens is a shouting match and shit-slinging and petty political point scoring. That's what happens. Now, 
30 years ago, when these schools were built, we had a Labour government and it was the Labour government that decided that they were going to cut costs, build these concrete, brutalist nightmares of schools and let somebody else deal with it further down the line. So now around about 100 schools out of, I think we've got something, it's a tiny percentage of our total schools in the UK, but 140 schools are being closed or parts of them are being closed because of this problem with the concrete where the building has become unstable. I've witnessed it in the UAE, in Abu Dhabi, in Dubai, where buildings that were put up in the 80s have now all been ripped down and replaced by much better constructions. To be honest with you, I, I can't imagine. I, I've seen videos of this before, and I know you, you've talked about this before, just on that point of some of the buildings out there. You call it like uh, the, the, the weather, the, the weather, the way that it impacts, you call it concrete cancer. I, I've seen yeah. them... I've seen them actually take a a sharpened pencil and they'll grind the you know just twisting it back and forth they'll grind that just into the side of a building just twisting it with their hand that's incredible to me and people people stay in that like that's that's not even that's not even conceivable here no and and all it takes is um some seismic activity which obviously out in the gulf you get we don't get much of it here in the UK but a very strong wind rain in the wrong direction could seriously damage some of these buildings. But the point I wanted to make was I watched Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak go back and forth of, at each other about, well, our government has done this and in the past we have done that and why aren't you doing this? And it's all just a game to them. No one really cares. They've been given permission by their globalist lords and masters the holders of the global purse strings to play their political game. And it doesn't matter who wins or loses, both of those individuals will be set up for life. They're all very already very rich people. Starmer maybe not as rich as Sunak. Sunak was lucky enough to marry uh, a billionaire's daughter, who in her own right is a billionaire. Whereas Starmer, human rights lawyer, uh, no doubt he's made some good investments with all of the public money to defend the human rights cases that he's had put in front of him before he turned to politics. But it's just a game. They don't really care. They do not give one jot about what happens to these schools. They just want to score political points across the wall sack to see who wins the game. But really, they're they're in the same family. They're in the same Davos I'd like to give good old Uncle Schwab uh, a cuddle family. It's like the argument we were making yesterday about the Republicans and Democrats. There, there's no difference. You know, we, we go back and forth about this left, right, and Republican, Democrat, and we're slinging mud across the aisle or, or whatever, you know, at the podium or something in, in say, for example, our uh, our Senate, you know, our House, that, that type of thing. We're, we're slinging mud across there, albeit it's a little bit more reserved. It's not a, a shouting match like it is in, uh, uh, in England. You know, it's the nature of your system. You can do that. Quite frankly, I... I actually I I liked seeing that all those years ago. Uh, in case in point, guys like Nigel Farage when he would stand up in uh, the EU Parliament, and again, nature of the system, they can do that there, and he can sit up there and he can. I, I would love it when he would tell all those people up there on the commission that were sitting there just how terrible they actually were to their faces while the cameras were rolling, and they just just in this the same instance, they don't care. They didn't care then. They don't care now. So you can tell them how awful they are and how bad their policies are and this and that. But at the end of the day, 
they're all well, they're all on the same team. They're going to dinner together. Got, they're they're having yeah. lunches and, and everything else. They've got no reason to care. Do you know the number of people in the UK, the percentage that actually watches any of the political programming? So regardless of, of which channel, ITV, BBC, any of the satellite channels, you know, that they have these political shows, but so few people watch them. And most people that do watch them watch the channel with their political bias. So there's no informing. No one's being informed. Everyone's just having their own thoughts and opinions and stances reaffirmed and supported by whatever they're watching. So too few people have any idea of what's actually going on in the House of Parliament. And if they did watch any programming, all they'd get is the sound bites that supports left or right that the media want to transmit and report on. So it's it's just a game. We we need to not throw the baby out with the bathwater, but certainly successfully strain away the bathwater and leave the baby intact. I'm rambling, but that's because this just pisses me off so much. We need a complete change of our body politic. And again, I'm repeating myself. So I'll just leave it at that. We need to get rid of them all left or right we can get rid of the um the left wing by smelling them because they'll have a body odor and the right wing will be able to tell and those that are pointing out who smells they need to go as well you know it's interesting we could actually use that same theory that you're promoting there and we could apply that to all of the uh the non-governmental organizations, the NGOs, the the charitable foundations, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Soros Open Society, these types of things are foreign policy think tanks that have been wrong for the better part of three decades. All that has to go. And in order for us to develop a new way of actually examining what needs to be done in order to sure up our, our civilizations, we're going to have to require a fundamental change in the very foundations that are supporting all of this. So all of these things, not just what you're talking about, but everything else, all of these things have to be cleaned out. All this corruption and all these people that have built their careers on on just nonsensical, feel-good policies and everything else, all that has to go. Everything has to go. And I'm talking about I'm talking about our nation, wherever you come from, Germany, France, Netherlands, the UK, Canada, Australia, it doesn't matter. For us to survive as Western civilization, we've got to preserve the nation state and we've got to have a house cleaning in all these areas in all of our countries. It all has to go. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that we need to tear down the entire system like the radical revolutionaries want to do, the Marxists want to do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about cleaning out the corruption within our existing system and putting people in there that actually have the right mindset to be able to address the real problems that need to be addressed. Yeah, I totally agree. That is the answer. It's utopian, unfortunately, because it's going to be such a hard struggle to even get that remotely started. But one of the ways in which, I mean, these NGOs, they're only there because governments have funded them to be there initially. And then they they gain charitable status and you'll get the chuggers knocking on your door, asking for contributions to UNICEF or some other NGO or the starving you know, children in Africa and they yeah, guilt yeah, trip yeah. you on Which co- we, commercials on TV. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely absolutely. What I would rather see, rather than chuggers or no offense, Mormons, the Salvation Army, 
you know, other religious groups knocking at your door, asking if you want to talk about, you know, your relationship with uh, with God. Uh, I'd rather see if people really want to do normal, everyday people some good. I would rather see a group of um, uh, awake tax accountants coming to your door, offering pro bono work to make sure that you're not paying any more tax than you should have and to get you the rebates that you deserve. Cut the funding to the government. That will, in turn, cut the funding to the NGOs, and then we can cut the crap and get them the f*** out. you have any final points that you'd like to add before you get away this week? No, uh, I, I, I don't have any final points. I was just all caught up in that moment with the thing about the job in um, tax accountants doing pro bono work. That's what people need. Good, honest, working people need to have people show them just in the same way that you've got people who meet the um, financial migrants coming across the channel in ribs who explain to them how to claim asylum, how to make sure that they're not rejected, so make sure they have no identification on them, tell them how they're going to be put up in a hotel, which is costing my country, us the taxpayer, currently £6 million per day. However, what is just about to happen is they're all going to be evicted. So after they've had their successful asylum claim ratified, they are now going to be evicted after about seven days. So what we'll suddenly have is all of these pseudo-asylum seekers suddenly being dispersed into the population, homeless, but the fact is they've already got somewhere to go. They are going into organised crime. They're already going to fill gangs. Uh, they're going to fill you know, jobs within firms that are employing illegal immigrants. They won't be paying tax. They won't be paying national insurance. It will be cash in hand. And perhaps this is one of the reasons why they're so desperate to get rid of cash, because then there's no way of paying these individuals. But organised crime is bringing these people across, and they've already got a place to go. So, yes. My final point is, rather than people knocking on your door asking for charitable donations or for you to join their cult and enjoy their imaginary friend as much as they do, you should, sorry, Bruce, you should uh, get out there if you're a tax accountant and go and start offering your services free. Here. I, I would like to have a good tax accountant that would do that, that would tell me where I'm paying too much or something like that. I mean, I, I think that's a that's a great idea. Yeah. And I honestly, I think a, a good first step to deal with these uh, these charitable organizations, simple, revoke their tax exempt status, tax the living hell out of them, let them yeah, get the a taste of what everybody else the, deals the, with. The only entity that can do that is government. Yes. And government are not wanting to do it. No. So no. Well, they donate it, to them to keep them in office yeah. to make sure that they don't. So yeah. Yeah. It, it's like the human centipede that money just gets getting recycled, taxpayer to government to NGO, back to government, and the taxpayer gets cut out. It's a recycling of our money, but we never get any of it back. Well, it's been a great conversation, my friend. We'll see you next week. Yes, you will, uh, unless I've melted in the meantime. I should be, or uh, I hopefully get in my little boat in the water at the weekend. It's only got enough sort of range to get me 30 40 miles so i won't be going into the channel just yet to assist with people back to france 
I was going to say, I, I mean, I could jump in the car. I could be there in, in about six hours. I could meet you on the other side. I do need a big, well, I need several strong chaps to get it off its current stand and onto the trailer. It's only a little boat, but, you know, it's more than I can lift by myself. I understand. Well, if I were there, my friend, like I said, I would lend you my two arms and my shoulders and my back. And Well, we'd only need you. That that would be fine. I could just stand and supervise. He, you know, for the benefit of the listener, he is built like an Adonis and works out incredibly hard and keeps himself very fit. So, yeah, he would be very useful. But we are just running on now. You're going to have to edit all this out. How could I edit out the, the one time you compliment me? I can't I can't edit that out. So I one keep I've always complimented you. <laughs> He's got such you know a I, short memory. You know I don't need affirmation. You know I don't need affirmation. <laughs> anyway, all right, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. It's been a great conversation, my friend. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Monday.